men's retreat. And this morning we're going to look and see what God's word tells us about who we should and should not love. And John describes it in John, 1 John chapter 2. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 2 if you would. And as you turn, as you turn to 1 John 2, I want to remind us of what Pastor Ken said last Sunday. For Pastor Ken shared in 1 John chapter 1 verses 5 to 10, and he reminded us that God is light and we are to walk in the light. And when we choose not to walk in the light, we're going to be walking in darkness. And when we're walking in darkness, we're going to be missing the mark that God desires for us to live. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the light as he is in the light. Ellis Bates was born December 30th, 1928. This name probably isn't familiar to anyone in this room. But I wonder if the name Ellis McDaniel is familiar. Probably not. But how about the name Bo Diddley? Bo Diddley? Heard of it, right? Okay. Bo Diddley wrote a song. Who do you love? It became one of the most popular songs in the mid-50s. So as we continue this morning in our series, I asked this morning a question. Who do you love? Who do you love? Let's read in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 12. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because of you have overcome the evil one. I am writing, I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the question... Who do you love? It's a question that people have been asking long before Bo Diddley wrote the song. This question has been around ever since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve had to answer this question in the Garden of Eden. But why does John ask this question here in 1 John chapter 2? Because a believer in Jesus is not ruined by living in the world, but they are ruined by the world living in them. Lloyd Ogilvie once said, one of the most difficult challenges for a Christian is to live in the world without the world living in them. So here John gives every believer, that's us, a warning. And here's that warning. Even though God's people learn to love, there are some things in the world that this world we need to hate. 
Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 6, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here we see John giving us warnings that while we love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, there are some harmful things that we must not love. Verse 15 of 1 John 2 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. I don't know about you, but this seems like a surprising statement that John would make here in chapter 2. Because didn't God create the world? And say in Genesis chapter 1, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Doesn't John 3 say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Doesn't Psalm 24 tell us the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, in the world and all who live in it for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. For here in the book of 1 John, John uses the word world 22 times. And just in chapter 7, in the verses we read just a few moments ago, he said it seven times. And John is not telling us that we are to hate this beautiful world that God has created for each of us, that God holds in the palm of his hands. And John is also not telling us to hate the world, meaning that we're to hate any person, no matter who they might be. For how can we hate the world if we're going to go and make disciples in our world? The Greek word for for world is the word cosmos. And the Latin word for the world is chaos. And so the world cosmos was in chaos until God brought it into perfect order. The world that every follower of Jesus must hate, and I know that's a strong word, that word hate, is the world system of values and attitudes that goes against the word of God. And we must allow God to be put in his rightful place in our hearts and in our lives. For Second Peter 3 says, the Lord wants everyone to come to repentance. In 1 John 5, John says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under control of the evil one. In the upper room during the Last Supper, Jesus says to his disciples there in John chapter 15, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. May I remind us this morning, church, that this world in which we live in now will never be our forever home. Albert Brumley was a dirt poor, painfully shy, skinny boy living in Oklahoma with only a 10th grade education. And he wrote these words in 1943. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. As believers in this world, we will not survive living in this world without the help 
of the Holy Spirit and without reading God's word, without having a prayerful life and without Christian fellowship, we will not make it out of this world. This world will suck us down if we're not going to keep our eyes upon Jesus. We must keep our eyes upon Jesus. It doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, how much money we have or don't have. If we are not following the teachings of God's word, then we will be lost for eternity. I like the way the Living Bible writes 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It says it this way. Stop loving this evil world and all that it has to offer you. For when you love these things, you show that you really don't love God. Here, John is reminding us of what the world does to us. He says, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world comes not from the Father, but from the world. So worldliness begins with an attitude of compromise. Many people today try and serve God without without offending Satan and those who follow him. But James says in chapter four, do you don't you know that the friendship with this world means enmity against God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We can't keep God's blessing on our lives when we choose to live in the world that Satan controls. To the church in Ephesus, Jesus says in Revelation chapter two, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. When we have lost our first love, this world takes up a lot of our affections, our attentions. What did John say? Do not love the world. Because he knew whatever we love affects and shapes who we are. Our affections, our attitudes, guides, our choices, and the choices we make shape our character. John Wesley once said, whatever cools my affection towards Jesus Christ is from the world. And here John is sounding the alarm loudly to us because we often say with words and our actions that we love Jesus with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. But we turn around doing the same thing we did when we lived in the world. Anything that turns our affections, our attention away from Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, will hinder our spiritual growth. And we see it all the time. Those who are once a strong believer of Jesus, but who have become overcome by the world in which they live in. Is that you this morning? Have you allowed the the world to overcome you? With great sorrow, Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me. When we choose to place our affections, our attention on this world, our response to the love of God becomes dull, and then we find it difficult to be in obedience to God's will and in God's ways. Anything, even if something that is a good thing, if it interrupts our relationship with Jesus, we must eradicate it and surrender it to God. Next, this crazy world will try to gain our attention in three ways. We see that in verse 16. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Satan will do anything and everything to appeal to our flesh, our eyes and our pride. Remember when Jesus was tempted? He was tempted with these three things over in Luke chapter four. We see when Jesus was tested in the wilderness, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And if you would continue reading in Luke chapter four, you would see where he was tempted in those three ways. And John writes about it in first John 12, two, the flesh, the eyes and the pride of life. Yes, God has made each of us with natural desires, however, seeking to satisfy our own desires unnaturally or satisfy them against God's will reminds us that this world in which we live is pulling our affections, our attentions away from him. If I were to decide that whatever that might be would feel good to me. In spite of the effects on my family and the church and Jesus' image in me, I choose to betray my first love for God. While desires are not wrong unless they take us to a place that goes beyond God's boundaries that he has set for us. Or when we do to add something that shouldn't be added or we become so dominated by the wants of our lives. Peter writes in Second Peter chapter 1, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. After a great victory at Jericho, Israel lost an easy battle at the village of Ai. Maybe you remember the story. It's in Joshua chapter 7. It turned out that one man, Achan, had disobeyed God's command during the battle of Jericho. Achan explained, when I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. When Achan said, I saw, I coveted and took. It was the lust of the eyes that led him to the disobedience and his disobedience caused Israel to lose the battle that day. Someone once said, the eyes are a gateway into the mind. When we see something that we want because it looks so good to us, our imagination and our minds are being tested. Something that looks good or even feels good may not, may not be good at all. We must heed what Romans 12 says. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. Many times the world tells us that we would be better off if we would have that new car, that new house, that new job, that new you fill in the blank. That's what the world says. But Jesus says to us in Luke chapter 12, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Someone once said, security does not come by keeping up with the Joneses, the desire to have the things we do not need, bought with money we do not have in order to impress people we do not like. 
having the world be our master and not having God be the master of our lives can make us feel superior to those around us, which will in time cause envy and a false sense of power that leads a person to seek honor and greatness in worldly things and self, which is not what God's plan for us is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we must also remember what verse 15 says in 1 John 2, If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. When we choose, when we choose to lose sight of God's wonderful and His gracious love, we stop loving that God has created and redeemed us to be, which is that person you saw in the mirror this morning. And the thing is that the world doesn't come crashing down on us. No, it comes slowly in ways that catch up our, catch us off guard in so many ways during our daily lives. And when we know that the world is more important than God is, because we've become friends with the world and then we become being polluted by the world and then we begin living and adopting the evil ways of the world. And then once we're trapped in the world, we get comfortable in that world and we be our, we're condemned with the world, just like it says at the end of First Corinthians chapter 11. That is what the world can do if we are not living God's desires for us to live. Verse 17, John warns us where the world is going. He said, the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. We must remember that this world in which we live is now passing away. Second Peter 3 says, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Stan Toller, one of our general uh, superintendents, passed away a few years ago, said this. Putting our love and affection on the things of this old world is a dead-end street. This world is fading away. And these evil, forbidden things will go with it. But whoever keeps doing the will of God will live forever. I want to live forever. I want to live forever. Martin Luther once said, I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. But the things I've placed in God's hands, I still possess. Missionary Jim Elliott was martyred by the Aka Indians once wrote, He is no fool who can give what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 6, but seek first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. But seek first his kingdom. And Paul urges us in Colossians chapter three, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. One man was. One man once confessed, I have either too much religion or too little. I must either give up what I have or get more. I have too much religion to let me enjoy a worldly life and too much worldliness to let my, to let, in, let me enjoy religion. 
He solved his dilemma by surrendering himself to the Lord, to the Lordship of Jesus. Is that you this morning? Do you have too much of the world in you? John writes to each of us this morning, do not love the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. We can't help being in this world. But totally surrendering our lives and ourselves to Jesus can keep the world out of us. So the question still remains. Who do you love? Who do you love? So church, let us not love the world. But maybe we need to fall in love again. With the one who created the world. The one who hung on a cross in our place. Maybe we need to fall in love with him all over again. And let's do the will of our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father.